0: Chronic conditions are the leading cause of illness, disability, and death in Australia. Common chronic conditions include cancer, heart disease, and diabetes. Many chronic conditions are lifestyle conditions that can be controlled by the patient and their carers with the right tools. Technology, when done right, can help encourage patients to take control of their health and even incentivize GPs to take a more proactive and preventative approach to delivering healthcare. Today on the show, I'm talking to Vidya Nalamad from NetHealth. As we explore the technology to help support those with chronic illness and the concepts of integrated care models and remote patient monitoring. All right, Team Health Tech, let's make it happen.
1: Welcome to Talking Health Tech with Peter Burge, a podcast featuring conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology.
0: With me today is Vidya Nalamard, the CEO and co-founder of NetHealth. NetHealth builds software products for medical centers and hospitals, including the telemonitoring platform NetHealth Data. They're particularly focused on chronic disease, helping people with diabetes to keep them healthy and manage their conditions effectively. Vidya has worked in the software industry for 16 years, including time with GE and Philips Medical Systems in project management roles. Hey Vidya, how are you doing?
1: Hey Pete, I'm doing well. How are you? And thanks for having me on uh, Talking Health Tech.
0: Yeah, excellent. It's great to chat and great to have you on the show. I'm really keen to delve into the world of remote monitoring and net health and everything that you guys do. It's a conversation I've been meaning to have for a while with you, so I'm glad we can do it whilst doing an episode of the podcast as well. So (laughs) let's get stuck into it. Firstly, let's get to know a little bit more about yourself, Vidya. Set the scene. Who's Vidya Nalamad? Yeah, absolutely. I'd
1: love to talk about net health and let's start with myself. So a bit about myself, I'm um, to go a bit about daughter, a sister, a mom, a wife, and also founder or co-founder of NetHealth. NetHealth has been my passion right from my uni days. I always wanted to be a doctor, but I didn't get the correct OP stats, I guess, to become a doctor didn't work very hard, you know, <laughs> but um, yeah, <laughs> but I ended up doing my engineering in... Um, which supported kind of into what I do today with NetHealth in electrical and electronics. And once I finished my engineering, I did my master's in business administration again. It helped me run my business or it is helping me. So I came to Australia in about 16 years now. Wow, that's a long time. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, 16 years now. Yeah. (laughs) I thought, okay, uh, let me do something. I wanted to give back to the community. Even though I wasn't a doctor, I wanted to give back to the community in the medical space. So in 2013, we started NetHealth as a very basic starting point to understand what the market is in the health tech in a doctor's community or the health professional's community. And in 2016, which was the milestone for Net Health data, so... NetHealth data originated in 2016, which was primarily for remote monitoring and home monitoring.
0: Yeah, excellent. That's interesting. So it's been around since 2016. Tell us a bit more about NetHealth data and how it all works. Like, What is it? Who's it for? And what problem does it solve?
1: NetHealth data is a personal start for me. Like, It was a personal story with my father, who is a diabetic, and he lives 7,000 kilometers away from me in India. And one fine day, yeah, each time I give him a call. He's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm okay. It's always that I'm okay kind of a situation. But one day I received a call, not from my dad, but our family GP. And he said, Vidya, your dad is losing his left eye vision or he's lost his left eye vision. uh, And he's uh, almost needs to be hospitalized. So that gave me a bit of a shocker, like what's going on? Each time I talk to him, he's like, I'm okay actually, he wasn't okay. So because of his medical management or medicine management, his body got immune to the medication and it wasn't working. So that was the beginning of NetHealth health data. So I said, okay, let's start something very basic. All you had to do was use this platform, just type it in your blood sugar readings at those particular time. And we got about Two weeks and I sent that to his doctor and he said, Wow, I didn't realise his medication was not working even though he was taking it. So he changed his medication and he got back his eyesight without being hospitalized. That was the beginning.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How cool is that? You can build a technology tool that solves a really important problem for yourself, being for your dad, for your family, utilizing those skills to then have a solution that makes a meaningful difference. So I can see how that has definitely motivated and inspired you to build it. So what's net health data today? What does it look like? And how do people use it?
1: NetHealth Data is a simple software platform, which is a basic mobile app for the people with lifestyle conditions. And they download the app on their App Store or Play Store. And all these Bluetooth devices that are available in the market, we integrate. We are device agnostic. So you get those devices, you pair it with your phone. And next time you take the readings, uh, it transfers to your phone. That's just the simple bit that everybody does in the market, like the patient-centric model. But where we do differently is what happens to that information after. So it goes to the clinician of their choice, their patient's choice, and the doctor then sees what's going on with their patient. The doctors don't have to be in front of their computer 24-7. It's just when required to make that meaningful face-to-face or telehealth consultation. They have the complete information. We provide the decision support using that data and they make that informed consultation.
0: I see. So as a patient, because there's so many disparate tools that you can connect via Bluetooth, which are really cool to collect information like vitals or measurements from home and they're Bluetooth enabled. But so you're consolidating those, putting them into a portal or for want of a better term for then the clinician of the patient's choice to view and also overlay some CDS like clinical decision support stuff to help make a meaningful decision. Is it all integrated with their practice management system in the clinic as well?
1: So that's what makes it really interesting for acceptance. It's that integrated care model for the GPs, wherein we integrate with medical director, best practice, so the mm. leading uh, providers at this stage. And our future thought is to have that hospital management system uh, mm. integrated, too, so that we have a single source of truth. No matter where the patient goes, you have that single source of truth for management of their care.
0: Yeah, going from the GP practice management systems into EMR hospital land is like out of, you know, one, what is it out of one pan into a fire or something? I absolutely mucked that thing. But I know in the, in the Talking Health community, we've got quite a few in the hospital space as well. So there's probably a few people you can connect with there to help you on that journey. And so just back to then NetHealth. So remote monitoring for those that aren't totally aware of how it all works, the concept of remote monitoring, what actually is that?
1: monitoring is in a nutshell to help the patients get their best care without having to have that continuous appointments. So that in a nutshell is what it summarizes. And it's not to avoid the face-to-face appointment, but to enhance the quality of the face-to-face appointment. When a patient goes to the GP, they may have this blood pressure taken. And most of the time, GPs might be asking about what could have been sold at their home and get that complete history. So we are there as provision, as a platform to help these patients know that there is someone on the other side when they send that information, like the right of clinical data, when they send that information or collect it on their mobile phone, there's someone there looking into it. If something happens, there is a healthcare provider who can look into it and provide that suggestion to get back to their feet, I guess, right back and improve their quality of living. So to give an example, especially with diabetes, this is where our focus area has been. Diabetes, if not monitored correctly, can lead to a lot of complications and lead to hospitalizations. Our key message is to prevent hospitalization by preventative care. That has been our key. If we can prevent hospitalization, yes, definitely we'll be there to help you. And diabetes is that condition. So all you've got to do is take your readings, take your medication, have that in your mobile app, and the hospital or the nurse or the diabetes educator can look into it and see how oh, this is where you're going down or going up or you're doing well. You need that care and support. So that's where we come in.
0: Got it. And in diabetes, you know, the self-monitoring tools are pretty robust and that's been around for quite a while. So no doubt there's a good amount of trust that clinicians provide in the information that's taken from those. Just thinking more broadly about remote monitoring and it's an evolving area and really early in the piece when you think of the more consumer items like Fitbits and Apple Watches and all of that, there's always a concern around the accuracy of the data that comes out of things. So thinking about remote monitoring in the future of that and the advantages and disadvantages, what is the vibe at the moment in, I guess, the industry? about utilizing more and more tools that are more and more available to consumers to collect this type of information and then the validity of that kind of stuff in a practice management system?
1: I think this COVID situation, which happened in 2020, changed the perspective of people and the way healthcare is provided to people. It just changed the perspective. Earlier, due Early 2016, when I started NetHealth Data and the concept of remote monitoring, people would ask me why, when I can go to the doctor, hmm. Why? But the people, the working people or the people in their 40s who had the early stage of type 2 and even gestational diabetes, these working moms juggling a child already at home, managing all those, uh, trying to go to the doctor, they found it really hard. So they would get the concept of remote monitoring. But if I went to a 60-year-old, they would ask me why I can go to my GP now. But come COVID, they completely understood the concept of having someone remote monitored and without compromising on the quality of care. They would have another doctor there, even for simple things like repeat prescription. If a doctor had the complete statistics and a bit of machine learning, how fantastic would that be? All they have to do is give a repeat prescription, send it to the pharmacy, and hey, you have the patient getting their repeat prescription without having to leave their home. That's what we do. And that changed a lot of people's perspective, even with the older generation. In fact, they have been much more adoptive than uh, yeah, the younger ones. <laughs> so that's been good.
0: Yeah, well, it means they don't have to get out, don't have to put a mask on, go sit in a waiting room. All those reasons why remote monitoring is good. You know, Just thinking around some of the other challenges of healthcare and remote monitoring, you're dealing with information, with data, and whenever data is on the move, there's risk of privacy or security concerns that people might have, and that might be a barrier to adopting some of these solutions. What's your perspective on the privacy and security concerns around remote monitoring and the, and the controls that you need to put around it to make it effective?
1: That's a really good question about the privacy and utilization of the data, and What we believe as a team in NetHealth and our platform in NetHealth data is Patients are the controllers of their data. They need to be extremely mindful of with whom they share and with who looks into their information. From our end, we provide the utmost security in terms of encryption, all those technology uh, jargons. I can go on for hours together, HL7, encryption, all those bits. But at the core front of it, it's the patient who needs to be aware, who looks into the data, who has access to that data. So in our technology, we can say, okay, at any point in time, patients can stop sharing the data and give permission, but it comes down to the patient's own conscience, and they are taking control of their health.
0: You mentioned earlier the concept of integrated care and the integrated care model. What exactly is that? Tell us a little bit more about that.
1: So with the integrated care model, to give you an example, one of our friends She had some issue and she was at New South Wales. She's a Queensland. She's been going to hospitals at Queensland and something happened and she had to go to one of the New South Wales hospitals. And the best part is New South Wales said, no, no, we are not taking any information from Queensland. We are going to start all over again, all your tests that has been done in Queensland all over again. What a reputation and what a waste of time for everyone. So that's where I'm like, oh, Why can't we have an Australia-wide integrated care model? So one of the steps, I know there's My Health Record and we we can go about debating all about it, the pros and cons side of My Health Record. But as a first step, GP, Australia-wide, they have few software. So if we can have GP as the first step of integrated care model, and they are the first point of contact for any chronic care management. So if we can have the data to help them That's the first step of integrated care model. And then we see the big picture of going to the hospital at the next level. So I feel it's top down or bottom up, however you want to go. But uh, for us, it's starting from bottom and going to the top. wherein you start with GP, go to the hospital entirely, my health record Australia-wide, that's where we see it working so that there's no repetition of tests, I guess. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, and so it all ties together, yeah. No, that makes sense. And then do you have a view on how we're doing in Australia compared to other parts of the world when it comes to that kind of integration of all the data together?
1: I think we're there, but... There are some countries who are well ahead, who have that single source of truth and anything you can tee down to that single source of truth, wherein doctors have access to that single platform. So um, I feel we can get there. That's the opportunity I see. We don't have it. Australia is not there yet, but definitely it's an opportunity. But before we do any of those, having that mindset among the people to adopt technology is the major shift that we need to see. Even before we go to that integrated care model from the health perspective, Australia Health, I think it's more from the patients who have to drive that adoption.
0: Yeah, the patient-led adoption is always a powerful one, but a difficult one to inspire and and one that I think will take time, even through something such as disruptive as COVID. So yeah, interesting times ahead. Yeah, I know. You've talked about how you've been focusing on diabetes as you know the, the major chronic illness that you're focused on right now, and that makes sense because of both your history with your father as well as the tools that are available to be able to monitor that. Are there any reasons behind the particular focus on diabetes and or are there other areas that you're looking at then expanding into even further? Yeah,
1: I'll answer your second question first. Definitely, apart from diabetes, our main focus has been uh, hypertension or heart-related problem and obesity. So those are the three main problem creators for uh, hospitalization. All these three put together and prevented it. Uh, We could prevent almost about 30% of all the hospitalizations that happen in um, Australia. So This has been our focus. So diabetes, you've got to start from somewhere as a company, as a startup. So we started with diabetes and we drilled down to gestational diabetes. So in that, we have focused on gestational diabetes and then go to diabetes across other verticals, that's hypertension and obesity. So those are the three focus areas for us, which can help patients uh, reduce or prevent it from complications.
0: Excellent. And obviously you've worked very hard to get to this point already and no doubt would have some reflections on that journey as a female founder within the healthcare sphere in Australia. Do you have any advice for other founders, particularly female founders within healthcare that you can provide about the journey that you've had so far?
1: Yeah, uh, there's been lots of learnings for me in the past, I guess, six years as a female founder and being in health tech. Uh, that's been a really interesting journey. So my only advice or one of the advisors, would be don't be scared to ask questions and don't be scared to talk to people. Because if you don't talk, people will ignore you, basically, even if it means... It could be on the verge of almost stalking, but don't do stalking, but uh, keep, <laughs> keep going, keep communicating with them and find the right target market. We all tend to say, oh, we're, everybody is our target market. Who is your target market? Oh, everybody oh, under the sun is our target market. You can't work that way when you're uh, running a business. You need to really narrow down who is that target market. Who will be ready to pay for your product? That could just not be across female founders, but across all the founders in general. Yeah, especially female founders. We tend to undersell ourselves a little bit when we talk about our platform, our experience, everything. But don't be scared to go out and talk there. Go go out and talk to people.
0: Yeah build that community and have those connections and get some progression there and and back yourself. I think they're all good bits of advice. Thank you. And then so lastly, looking at net health and the future and what you guys are focusing on this year, what can you share with us?
1: Net Health has been doing excellent. In 2020, uh, even though there was this pandemic, uh, in terms of Net Health, we had real good traction from hospitals, from GPs, aged care centers. People have been uh, really focused on getting remote monitoring. And for us, in terms of target market, we have expanded from gestational diabetes, even though that's where most of our consumers come from. It's more into aged care as well as hospital management. So we are going across various other target markets and in terms of technology we are building a higher capability in terms of machine learning decision support to help the clinicians and healthcare professional and yeah last year we had the privilege of collaborating with Roche one of the leading diabetes care provider or Roche Diabetes Care in Australia uh, to take it across the gestational diabetes forum in Australia and hopefully overseas.
0: Excellent. Oh, hopefully there's a few of those things come off when we start to see more of net health in the industry and can't wait to follow everything you do and keep in touch in the Talking Health Tech community of which you're a part of. So Vidya, thank you so much. I'll put the details of net health in the show notes of this episode and on the website so people can check out more information and keep up to date with what you're doing. Thank you so much for joining.
1: Thank you so much for having me and the work that you're doing at Talking Health Tech has been amazing, bringing that health tech community together and talk about it. Thank you so much, Pete, for having me.
0: Thanks for being part of it.
1: Thanks for listening to the show. Check out talkinghealthtech.com to connect with other people in our community and to learn more about the Australian health tech industry. Also, make sure you hit subscribe on your favourite podcast player so you don't miss an episode. And share this episode with a few people who need to hear it. Now go make it happen.